Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to a three-part series for leaders called Get Ready to Cross from Joshua chapter one. These are three classes provided for leaders of all types in the Thames Valley Churches of Christ to hopefully support us through an unprecedented time of transition and change and, and unexpected circumstances that we're finding as we come out of lockdown at the end of 2021. Just so you know, I've cut out the personal sharing. We have breakout rooms, but I've cut all that out because it was, you know, personal stuff. And instead, I've just kept in the teaching and a little bit of interaction here and there. I hope you enjoy today's class. So we've got a three-part series uh, starting today with um, I Will Be With You. And the title of the three-parter is uh, Get Ready to Cross. And the reason I picked that from Joshua in discussion with uh, various friends, uh, Tim, Chevy, uh, the leaders of our locations, uh, we discussed this, is that this is a challenging and challenging and exciting time that we face as leaders as we're entering uh, some areas of leadership responsibility that are a bit different in many ways to what we have already experienced or might feel prepared for. And that's similar to Joshua. Um, Joshua was faced with a situation, at the big, as, as we know, where he was going to have to take God's people into a place they hadn't inhabited, to face enemies they'd never seen, uh, challenges to their faith and their life that they'd never experienced before. And although there was preparation time in the wilderness with Moses, nonetheless, that was very different from taking people into that land, crossing the Jordan and settling and fighting and settling and planting crops and all these things they'd never done before. And not just for a while before, but for 40, 40 years in the desert and with a new leader, with Joshua, who kind of was prepared by his tutelage from Moses, but surely only to some extent, not fully. And Joshua had to find a way into uh, leading God's people into new circumstances and we were not actually today, at least, going to study the book of Joshua directly that much. It's more a, um, a frame for what we are experiencing. This sense of something new, the sense of something different, the sense of something that's unprecedented. And what did God tell Joshua? And uh, he tells them a few things, but he does say this in verse 5 of Joshua 1. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. There's the command. But the command comes after the reassurance. And the reassurance is essentially, I will be with you. Not that everything will be easy. Everything will be okay. Not that the people will all like you and do whatever you suggest and tell them to do but I will be with you. And that, as far as God is concerned, in a sense, that's enough. If you're asking me, Joshua, what you need for this time, what you need is what I'm promising you, which is that I am with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you. And so this first class, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about in what way can we be strengthened by God? And what way can we grow as people, I suppose as leaders, but as people, as followers of Christ, in what way is this, are these circumstances helping us to develop parts of our relationship with God that might otherwise not be developed? And so we're going to, that's what we're going to be looking at um, today. And hopefully the idea is that this class and the next two by Roger and uh, Marianne and Obi and Peju will help us to feel supported and strengthened in what we're trying to do for God. That's the, that's the whole idea here. So that's where we're going. 
Um, today, we'll look at two things. Uh, hopefully you got the handout. If you, I'll put it in the chat in a minute if you didn't. Um, we're gonna look at two things. The first is how the wilderness reveals God. The wilderness in a sense is where God shows up. And secondly, we're gonna take a little bit of inspiration from the example of the apostle Paul and how he handled, uh, uh, if you like, these um, the sense of uh, not having adequately enough for the task that God has given us. So that's, those are the two aspects and then we'll have some breakout rooms. Uh, for some discussion in between. So first of all, let's talk about the fact that the wilderness reveals God. Uh, actually, let me ask you, let's, let's have a little bit of sharing here. Can you think of times scripturally when God showed up in the wilderness, the wilderness revealed God? Can you think of some examples? Uh, so um, just thinking about uh, Hagar and Ishmael, uh, after uh, they were sent away by Abraham and they're in the desert and uh, you know, they uh, have to try and find shelter from the heat. And the angel comes to, to speak to Hagar and, and kind of help them reassure her. That's right. It, it's a beautiful picture of the compassion of God for the outsider. God showed up there. She had an experience she would never have had otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Moses had a burning bush. An experience of God. The way God, yeah, the way God attuned with Moses there. The Elijah's situation after the significant victory on Mount Carmel, and then Jezebel's after him, and and he actually takes a day's journey into the wilderness, and that's God shows up in a way that he wasn't expecting. It wasn't in you know, the big thunder, but the small whisper. Um, and he goes through his own wrestling of God, where are you? Right. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of two wildernesses in one. Uh, you got the wilderness in the when he's fed by the ravens. Yeah. yeah. And then you got the sort of in another sense a different wilderness in the mountain. He's isolated. Yeah. Uh, Chris, did you have something? Yeah, I was thinking uh, in a metaphorical sense of Joseph in prison. And it's it's easy when you know the full story. It's just a part of it. But for him going through that experience. He must have been thinking, what on earth is going on? And then somebody, another prisoner arrives, shares the dreams, shares a story, and it all goes on, and eventually this magnificent story unfolds. Yeah, that's Joseph in, in lockdown, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what's going on there. Do you know what that makes me think? It's... Um... So Paul, we know Paul's conversion, and it's easy to think right after his conversion, that was it, he became this amazing guy, but he actually had a wilderness period yeah. where he was in obscurity, for, was it about 13 years or, or so? Um, he's still doing stuff, but he wasn't as prominent as he came to be. And I think that's quite significant that after his conversion, he needed some time of a wilderness season, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and consider the depth of his theological thinking and the, and, the, and the letters he wrote and how much of that must have been due to the, the fact that he had time to think through what was God doing, my goodness, and reinterpret so many of the Old Testament scriptures that he'd learned as a lad very differently. Yeah, yeah. And he, he also needed Barnabas to come and collect him, didn't he, to you know, bring him back into the fold. There's times to come out of the wilderness, yes. That's true. Right. And so God's people from the desert were taken to the border of the promised land. And then it was time 
in a sense, to come out of the wilderness. And you could say the promised land was a new wilderness, but it's a bit different, but that transition. And it seems to me that uh, at least I think you probably share in this, but in my own experience of the way God works, God does not only work in the wilderness, but he does seem to work in a quite distinct way in our wilderness times. Uh, what happened with our churches in 2003 was in many ways tragic and very, very difficult. But And I don't not to say this is a good excuse for it all or whatever, but my prayer life transformed post-2003. And it was a wilderness time for me, 2003, 4, 5, around that time. Um, but it absolutely changed the way I pray and my, my sense of my connection with God. And I'm grateful for that. So these wilderness times are really important. And I would say this, is a, this last year and a bit has been a bit of a wilderness time for, as a church. We've stayed connected and our family groups and groups and things we're, we're taking responsibility for, they're, they're still around. It's amazing. We're, we're kind of still here and given everything. But I think it's important for us to, to reflect on, so what has God been showing me? In what ways God has God been showing up? Have I, have I been paying attention to this? Because just being in the wilderness doesn't mean we get the point. Um, a couple of scriptures I put on the handout, um, Exodus 14, when the uh, Israelites are, uh, are leaving Egypt there, as Pharaoh approached in verse 10, the Israelites looked up, there were the Egyptians marching after them, and they were terrified, cried out to the Lord, you know, and some of us are still pretty terrified about COVID and all that, and, you know, good reasons to have some concerns. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt? You brought us out to the desert to die. What have you done to us bringing us out here? Did you not say... Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Would it have been better for us to serve the Egyptians to die in the desert? I mean, there's a lot of fear, pessimism, faithlessness going on here. Moses answered, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You'll see the deliverance of the Lord. He'll bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And we know how that story ends. So there's a sense in which God shows up for the Israelites in the way that God defeats the Egyptians. They don't defeat the Egyptians. Moses actually doesn't defeat the Egyptians. God does it. And I think the fears that we all might feel personally or our groups might be feeling about the future, where is this going? You know, what will happen if a lot of people get COVID? What will happen if we start meeting together and some people might even die? There are legitimate fears and we have to navigate that. But there's a sense in which, but isn't God showing up? And it's really important for me and all of us to do our best to not let the circumstances be our focus, but where is God in this? And that's what we see uh, happening again and again and again. And the other reference I put in there is from the New Testament when Jesus sends out the 72 in Luke 10, and he sends them out like lambs amongst wolves. So this is a bit of a wilderness in a sense, a very testing time. He says to them, that's what you are, my friends, you're lambs. And out there, there are some wolves and they be hungry. So that's the circumstances they go out. But it says when they come back, they say, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they see the power of God evident by the fact that they are willing to step out into the wilderness. It's only by going out there as lambs amongst wolves that they see the power of God in that way. So the power of God is, um, is available, um, but manifests itself as we have courage and trust that God is with us and that he's going to show up. Well, some from our group, some see common themes. Um, a big one I mentioned um, God's sovereignty and just how much we think we're in control. But the advantage of times of wilderness is that we come to more of the end of our resources and begin to 
tap into resources that we didn't realize we had. And actually, I loved where we got to at the end with, we are just talking about, um, Don was saying, you know, God can do more than we can imagine. And the advantage of wilderness time is before that, and for us anyway, before COVID, this is what we could imagine. And then all of a sudden, everything's taken away and we're almost forced to rely on God's um, insights that are way bigger than, than ours and mm -hmm. can imagine so much more. So, um, and some lo lots of great examples of just incredible things that happened during COVID from people connecting, being restored and all of that, things that just weren't on our radar at the time before COVID that suddenly are now. Yeah. I think just the, the levels as well, that we were talking about the different levels of impact. So the global one that, we, that we're all aware of with God sort of saying, you lot are just not getting it. So I've, let me teach you some things through this, as difficult as it may be. And then on family levels, um, in our family group levels um, and church levels, and then individual levels. Even coming out of lockdown, God's been still teaching lessons like, you know, everybody thinks, okay, well, let's get back to normal. It's like, well, hold on a minute. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like God, God's still still trying to get through to people who aren't really listening. Yeah. No, there's, there's other, <clears throat> excuse me, there's other disruption. Yes. Yeah. I think one thing that I've been thinking is that um, it's, God's revealed my character to me in a lot, lots of ways. I mean, I think the great thing about lockdown was in a sense that in our little family group, we found real intimacy at first, which was a great lesson to learn. The value of really knowing each other deeply in a small group was um, really special. But then it also, I think, has revealed over time coming out of lockdown that you can almost get to the point where you like to hide inside of your <laughs> And, um, you know, that actually, you know, I've been reading uh, Peter or something, and just this sense of um, living your life among the people is a really important Christian thing to do so that people can see your life. Okay, just a couple of brief thoughts about the Apostle Paul, uh, who I think is just such an inspiration. Uh, and of course, was a man just like, or a human being just like you and me. Uh, but I find his lots of things inspiring but I think I find <clears throat> excuse me his connection with God particularly inspiring and just a couple of thoughts about about him um, you'll be aware that he was willing to express his challenges and weaknesses as in second Corinthians 1 um, we do not want you to be uninformed, in verse 8, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced. You know, these are real, like, he experienced them. They weren't just theoretical, and, and they experienced these troubles. In the province of Asia, we were under great pressure, as we've all been, uh, far beyond our ability to endure, as many of us, I'm sure, have felt, so that we despaired even of life itself. Um you know, it's felt like a very dark tunnel at times. And it's still, like you say, Don, there are, there are tricky things we're navigating. And earlier on in the chapter, of course, at the beginning, he talks about the God who's comforted him in all his troubles. But he's very um, uh, open, I suppose we'd say, about the fact that he had times when 
he didn't feel he could go on. And I don't know whether you feel that at the moment or not, but I think amongst our fellowships, we have people who feel that. And perhaps some of our other fellow leader types of, who are leading things may feel that way. And I certainly have felt that way at times. And, and if I'm, I, can, I have a bad day every now and again now when I feel like it's just too much. Um, and it's because it's not only COVID as such. It's, it's, there's lots of other, there's, a, there's other things in life too, right? Uh, and a lot of those are pretty tricky. Uh, but Paul, Paul was real about that. But then in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 9 and 10, what did God say to him? My grace is sufficient uh, for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And that, that takes us back to the quote I have on the handout from a, a chap called Mike Pierce. Uh, Mike Pierce was one of my lecturers back in the day uh, in church history in London School of Theology. And he wrote a really little, nice little book. Well, nice, actually quite a challenging little book called Who's Feeding Whom? And it's about leaders and about whether leaders really care about the people they're shepherding. And uh, the quote I have here is, he says, I would go so far to say that far from being a disqualification, self-doubt is actually a qualification for service and ministry. Only when I know that I haven't got everything sorted out am I forced to rely upon the power of God. And Paul was super talented chap, but he needed to feel this sense of desperate inadequacy. And I think that's a healthy thing, and I feel inadequate, and I expect you do from time to time, but that's actually not a disqualification. Perhaps it's a qualification. Grace is sufficient. God's power made perfect in weakness. Therefore, he says, I'll, I'll boast about those weaknesses. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's a hard thing to live by, because I don't know about you, but I don't like the feeling or the evidence that I'm <clears throat> Um, going back to London School of Theology recently, I've just started my master's and it's doing my head in. I mean, the reading is <laughs> challenging. Um, and I, I remembered in the recently, just at the beginning, that I struggled last time I was there. <laughs> I got through it, but I really struggled. And that near the end of it, I had an educational assessment by an psych educational psychologist who, who said, actually, you're dyslexic. And I kind of ignored that since then because I haven't studied at this level, but started going back to study at this level has revealed to me my weakness. I love this material. I think I'm reasonably intelligent, but I'm really struggling with it. And I thought, no, I haven't embraced the challenges that my dyslexia uh, presents. And so I, you know, there are times, I just don't want to be known as someone with a problem or something. It's, it's all about, I don't know, ego and you know, all that stuff, but I, as Penny said to me, you don't have to be an expert in everything, you know. And I said, thanks, darling. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I want to be because I don't want anybody to show me up, you know, and, and reveal weakness. But that's not how God works. It's not how the power of God works. And Paul got to know that. And I think we all have to embrace that to some degree. And it's then that God's strength shows up. So the two uh, verses from Timothy, First and Second Timothy, I love. He says writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy. He's given me strength. You see that? We can read over that without thinking much about it. 
But what Paul's saying is, I didn't have enough strength. And then he gave me the strength I needed. I was inadequate. He gave me what I needed. He's given me strength. And the same thing in 2 Timothy 4, but uh, uh, verse 17. But the Lord stood at my side. See the very real presence of God for him here. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength because he didn't have enough. He was weak. He was inadequate, you could say. Stood by my side, gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles and all that. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. I mean, so I love how Paul says, it's God who's given me the strength I need. And I think one of the things about being a Christian and especially any, having any leadership responsibilities is, is figuring out in which ways God provides his strength. Because God does it in slightly different ways in different times and for different people. And so I think it'd be great just to take about, say, another 10 minutes to discuss in our groups, how do we experience the strength of God? Where are the sources of God's strength for us? And indeed, then we could ask ourselves whether we are tapping into them. Are we making ourselves available to those? Where do you get that strength from? Paul needed it, and so do we. So can we take uh, another 10 minutes to talk about that? Um, uh, so I was sharing about um, prayer coming too late as, as the options of things to do for me. So I was using the example of my dad who's been very ill this week um, and he's three hours away and I can't be there to care for him and, and be his nurse. I'm always his nurse, even though it's decades since I nursed. Um, and I'll tick off all these things, dad, try doing this, dad, do this, dad, do this, and don't eat that and do that. Da, 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 da. I'm giving him all this stuff. Um, and then finally I wake up to the fact, hang on, all I can do is pray. I can't do anything else. And I was just showing that it's when I pray that then God steps in and makes it all work. And I'd just like to get to the prayer quicker instead of it being, I've done everything else and then I'll pray. I need to pray first. A lot about God's, pro God's promises and, and prayer. For me, it is, <clears throat> prayer is only really effective when I <laughs> kind of feel I have to pray now, um, in a sense. You know, when it, when it kind of becomes God or the situation, God forces almost a situation to distill the essence of the situation into my brain so i realize wake up i need god now and i know it shouldn't be like that i think it's you know it's it's just it's just that awareness and that contact and that closeness with god that can sometimes be lacking when we in general pray about things i'm not sure how to for me to how to access that more effectively if i'm not in a crisis it almost feel like i only you know get close to God when I am in a crisis, when things really, really need to be prayed about. Um, and we talked, I talked a little bit, I shared about James 1, because we started to study out James in our family group. And just a whole thing about consider it pure joy. We face trials of many kinds. I mean, that whole thing, that is how God make us complete, not lacking anything. How he sorts out this inadequacy of ours is through these trials in which I think the Greek, the Greek word, I can't remember what it's called, but it means a test <coughs> with a aim, with a goal. So it's a test with an outcome. That is, it's not just going through tough times for the sake of it. And it's our whole lives, our succession of these things that God put us through with his goal to make us complete, to get, get you know, to deal with this, the inadequacies. And how we often seek to be in a comfortable situation we choose, we make choices 
to make sure we're not feeling uncomfortable because it's not my personality type or I don't want to enjoy that. And so we actively circumvent that process at times and, and, and you know, not achieve that strength that God wants to give us. Uh, one of the lessons I've been learning this year is about being authentic. And I think that's kind of resounds uh, with uh, the scriptures you shared, Malcolm, uh, about you know, Paul when he was in time of, of distress. God uh, you know, rescues him. And um, so, you know, I think that we, in our society, we have a tendency to be shallow. And I think part of us being spiritual people is kind of having to make a conscious effort to go against that and be uh, really open and honest with the things that we're going through and share, share those things uh, so people can see God's hand uh, at work. So it's, it's, it's that thing about me needing to, to have courage to, to talk uh, whether it's on a one-to-one basis or more widely in the group about uh, things that are happening and to, to share um, this, not only successes but struggles as well because then people can see God work. Uh, on the handout, I shared that acronym of S-H-A-R-P, SHARP. These are things that are, I don't know where I got that from or whether I made it up, I actually don't know because it's in my files. Um, <laughs> But wherever it came from, it is something that I, I now and again would reflect on and, and see if I'm making the most of the channels through which God can strengthen you. So I like these, the S standing for space, creating space for God, space and time to spend time with God, listen to God, um, especially perhaps finding special spaces. And I, for me, there are some places out in the woods near where I live up at a place called Dunstable Downs, very special to me, and a few other places where there are times I feel that need to have more of God's strength, and I'll make an effort, if I can, to go to, uh, if you like, a space. But creating space, um, age is for heart, which is really about knowing your own weaknesses and owning them, and then finding the ways to, to finding the ways to bring God's strength into your weaknesses. And that's a whole nother topic, but that's what that's about. The A is adventure. There's something about staying on an adventure in the Christian life and embracing it. Uh, whenever God's people got dull, uh, complacent, God would often allow things to happen, whether it's the old covenant or in the uh, New Testament church to disturb things. And we are on an adventure. And this current time is another chapter in that adventure, embracing it rather than lamenting what we'd rather it was like, is healthy. Um, read, R is for read and reading what we need to read. You're figuring out what do I need to read in scripture and what else might I need to read in our books or articles or online that's going to really sustain me and strengthen me right now, making the most of those sources of information. I suppose along with reading, you could add podcasts and that kind of thing. What's actually going to help me? And it's important for those of us who are a little perfectionist or completists to bear in mind that just because we started listening to a podcast or reading a book doesn't mean we have to finish it. Uh, you have to ask yourself, is it helping? And if it's not, move on. Um, I speak as a completist. Um, I feel very guilty when I don't finish something. Uh, and then the uh, P is for people. And when you look at uh, Paul as an example, going back to him, he had Timothy, Titus, and others with him. 
We need people. Jesus had 12. Um, and here I would say in particular, people who fill you up, people who fill you up. All right. There are people to pour yourselves into as leaders. We need to think about that next generation of people coming alongside us and, and to surpass us perhaps. But we also need the people that fill us up and that's not selfish. Who's the one or who are the people that uh, give you that uh, um, skip in your step uh, and help you? And God's strength comes through such people. Paul talked about those who refreshed him. We need refreshing from people. So making the space and time for them as well. Uh, if that's of any use, that's something you might reflect on and think through. Are there some channels here I'm not making the most of for God's strength? Uh, perhaps a, a, a closing scripture is, I think, kind of wraps the whole thing up in a way, is Matthew 5, 3, the first of the Beatitudes. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, when we're poor in spirit, when we're consciously there, and this ties in, Rudy, with what you said, hey, then we experience what the kingdom of heaven is really all about. Okay, yeah, I'm poor in spirit. I need you, God. Yeah, makes all the difference. Okay, so the next one is uh, a, a month today. Um, Roger will be sharing about resilience. Um, and, you know, he's doing a master's in resilience and education. It seemed to me good to find a way for him to use some of that learning you know, in a scriptural and Christian leadership context. So he'll do that. So that'll be a, a month from now. And please sp spread the word and uh, we'll gather again then. If you've got any thoughts and ideas, though, about other things to cover, we're going to do these three and then review after the third one. How helpful was this? What do people think? And then think about what we can do 2022 for, to support leaders in Thames Valley. So what's the ongoing kind of support that's useful? Um, maybe it's things like this, maybe it's something else. So this is a bit of an experiment. Let's do this, see how we receive it, um, pray about it, and then plan for next year. So please let us know. Let me know uh, your thoughts. Thank you, Malcolm. This was really great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Malcolm. Very welcome. Should we have someone pray, please? Would someone like to pray for us? Well, that concludes today's class. I hope you found it helpful. Do send me any thoughts you have, any questions, any suggestions for the next classes, or even for how we can support leaders in 2022. So email me, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. Thanks very much. Until the next time, take care. Thank you.